flaming continue flaming (laughs) 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 flaming continues on Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! Hello. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm sad. Why are you sad? Two reasons. One, because I am now officially out of my birthday gummy bear stash after six months. No! <laughs> what will you soak your wine in with? It, yeah, exactly. I mean, I haven't really been drinking much wine. I haven't had any yeah. wine still since I came back from my vacation. But that's not to say that I never want wine again. And right. what am I going to put in it now? Yeah. And then also, I now have Pellegrino also because mm. they had it at Costco and... Yes. It was relatively inexpensive. And so I brought a can up here with me, and then I accidentally dropped it on the floor just right oh, before we no. started recording. It was still closed. But now you can't open it. I've done the trick where, like, you spin it. Spin oh. a can. That supposedly makes it not explode, but I'm kind of nervous and reluctant to try. Did you wait to do it live on this podcast? I didn't specifically because <laughs> I was currently spinning the can as you just logged in, but I guess I can. I was going to wait a little bit, but let's find out. Let's see what the verdict is on how well that science works because this can is mangled and dented. It bounced, so it wasn't just like it wasn't just like a little bump. Let's see what happens. I've spun it. I'm going to spin it a few more times here. Do you have a towel on hand just in case? I actually do. Yeah. Awesome. Good, good call. I'm going to put that on my lap. <laughs> I keep a microfiber towel around for picking up messes and you know, yeah. taking fingerprints off my screen and stuff. So let's see. Holy shit. <laughs> it worked. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Congratulations. For the win. Yay. Thanks. Did you get a flavored one? I did. It is dark morello cherry and pomegranate. Okay, so my day is less sad now. Now I've only got one thing to complain about instead of two. All right. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing okay. I also have some Pellegrino. I have blood orange and black raspberry. Ooh. Also purchased at Costco. (laughs) Yeah, we have that flavor too. That's the one I think I have not tried yet. I've tried that. There was a strawberry and like tangerine one. Yes. It was pretty tasty. I love them so much. Your username says no idea. I didn't have any good ideas for the name of myself. Fair. That's fair. (laughs) He sat down and I'm like, my mind is blank. That's not good. My mind is always blank. I came here right from working on some PowerPoints for work and it's hard for me to switch modes. So my brain is only kind of slightly functioning right now while I continue to process (laughs) that mode changing. Well, at least you have magic Pellegrino. I do. I've also got a non-alcoholic Two Roads Juicy IPA. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Anything else exciting going on? How are you feeling? Uh, I feel way better. I am like still slightly stuffly. Stuffly? Stuffly. Yep. (laughs) You know, you heard me and that is exactly what I meant to say. Stuffly. I tested positive still when I checked a few days ago. Wow. Yeah. So it's annoying. (laughs) I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing and just following the CDC guidelines, but I'm also wearing a full N95 mask to class and making my students 
stay away from me. Yeah, and I've told yeah. them all I had COVID. I'm not trying to hide anything from them or anything. I'm like, if you have questions, normally I don't care if you're all like right up in my face, but keep your distance, please. And if you want to wear a mask, feel free. I will be keeping my N95 mask on until I finally get around to testing negative. Yeah. Jeez. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm well past the five-day quarantine period and coming up on the end of the five-day masking period, but I'm going to be continuing to wear my mask for a while. <laughs> That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, probably no Friday hangs this week, Sally. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I can spend all Friday trying to, like, steal myself for going to a baby shower on Saturday. Ooh. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't think anyone in my family listens, but my youngest cousin is having a baby, which hopefully means that this is the final baby shower of this generation. That would be nice. And then hopefully my nephews don't have babies for at least a decade. (laughs) I don't know. Trying to think how many I've been to. I'm pretty sure it was only one. And I think it was my... I know I went to my sister's, but I'm pretty sure that was the only one. And that I managed to make excuses for most, if not all of the other ones. I'm hoping that this uh, will be a little bit different. I'm hoping there won't be stupid games or anything. Yeah. I think this is also going to be a uh, multiple gender party. So I think that like her husband's (laughs) going to be there and it's at a golf club or something. I don't know. They were like, oh, if you want to play virtual golf, we have clubs or you can bring your own. (laughs) And I'm like, nope. So maybe not golf golf, but some kind of golf themed place, which... Not of my interests, but no. of theirs, yes. <laughs> Unless they have mini golf, that's pretty great. Mini golf is pretty good. I haven't yeah. played that in a long time either, though. I don't have the same obsessive love for it that my sister does, though, because if she could spend all day, every day playing mini golf, she for sure would. <laughs> and I enjoy a game now and then, and I will go play mini golf with her. But yeah, <laughs> she takes her love of mini golf to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. I know I can, like, not go to these things, but I haven't seen my family since basically my mom's funeral, so it'd be nice to see them in a... Maybe go to a happier event. (laughs) Yeah. In a nicer context. Yeah. That's fair. So, yeah. Very fair. Mixed gender events I find to be way more tolerable, though, than women-only events. As long as there aren't any stupid games. Sorry if any of you love them. This is just my personal not at all liking those things. (laughs) Baby shower games for an introvert are a nightmare. Yes. (laughs) And they were like encouraging people to ship things to their house instead of there, which means hopefully there won't be like an extended period of cooing over onesies, (laughs) which will be nice. It really is kind of the worst part. It really is so bad. I'm so sorry, parents out there who like baby showers yeah. and their children. I don't have anything against your children. I am sure that your baby shower was an exception because yeah. I'm sure that all of the people that you had at yours were happy to be there. Yes. Unlike me, who has never been happy to go to baby shower. But, you know, that's a failing on my part to say no when I don't want to go to a thing. <laughs> Ooh, you know who else was not fully mature in this episode who else was a baby in this episode oh my god who the many hagfish what we're still babies baby hagfish (laughs) there we go got there well well done yeah thank you aces (laughs) what episode is this that we're talking about today 
Weirdly, somehow we've landed in a totally different show called The X-Files in this episode. <laughs> right? Really, this really Mulder yeah. and Scully could have been walking around also doing an investigation and it would not have been out of place at all. I let me read the literal note that I made at the end of the episode. <laughs> I feel like if you just took out SG three quarters and put Mulder and Scully in instead, it would have worked equally well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was my actual note to myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But since apparently this isn't the X-Files, even though it's definitely the X-Files, this was season six, episode five of Stargate SG-1, Nightwalkers. (laughs) The episode starts at night on a random street with definitely X-Files music playing in the background. (laughs) This guy is walking to his car, looking around, definitely fearful of who's following him or what might be behind him. He gets in his car and starts driving, starts making a call on his cell phone. And apparently he's calling Sam, even though it's the middle of the night. (laughs) She's sleeping. She turns on her light, answers the phone. Why she answered the phone, I don't know, because I had to throw it across the room, but whatever. (laughs) Sam answers the phone. The guy introduces himself as Richard Fleming and says that he needs her help. Sam's like, yeah, but it's 2 a.m., so maybe fuck off, but... (laughs) He's like, no, I really need your help, though, because it's about Adrian Conrad. Suddenly, Sam is way more interested. <laughs> She's wide awake. She sits up more upright. Fleming continues on that the project was never shut down, and now that project is out of control. But Sam has no idea what project he's talking about. And before he can elaborate on what project he's talking about, we see behind him some lights coming up fast on Fleming's car. There's screeching noises coming through the phone from Sam's end, and then a dial tone, which back in the day, kids, is what happened when a landline was hung up. (laughs) Sam says hello into the dial tone a few times for who knows what reason, because when you heard a dial tone, you knew the person wasn't there anymore. (laughs) And then we get credits. Yes. Yeah. Do, 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 do. After whatever credits they are, the team is in the briefing room with Hammond so that Sam can brief them on her phone call. She knows his name is Richard Fleming and that he is a biologist and had been at Stanford and he did advanced genetics stuff. Jonas Quinn's like, oh yeah, I know him. He developed some hybrid strains of disease-resistant corn and cotton. (laughs) I really love what a nerd he is. I know. (laughs) And everyone just stops and looks at him. He's like, what? I read about it in a journal. We subscribe. He talks to them all like, how are you not all reading this? There's a subscription. Why wouldn't you be reading it? (laughs) Sam says, well... It wasn't in the article, but two years ago, he got a job at a place called Immunitech Research, which in my head, I'm calling Inatech the entire time. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Corporate taxpayer Bonina speaking. Just a moment. Which is a subsidiary, subsidiary, subsidiary of the (laughs) Zetatron Industries, (laughs) which Teal'c immediately recognizes is attached to Adrian Conrad. And then Jonas is like, who? (laughs) And Sam disbelievingly is like, you don't know? Jonas, for the audience, is pretending not to know anything about Adrian Conrad so that we can recap 
what we know about Adrian Conrad, or at least some of it. And for anyone who might not remember, Hammond says he's the one who implanted himself with a symbiote to cure himself of a disease, which was apparently 10 months ago, according to Sam. Yeah, he's the one that kidnapped Sam. Yes. (laughs) When that didn't work. (laughs) Yes. And she does. Yeah. Yeah. We remember things like that. This company was in Phoenix, but once Adrian Conrad was captured, they moved this company up to Oregon. Yeah. Instead. Also, bad news, Dr. Fleming was reported missing and his car has been totaled, but they didn't find a body. Whoops. Hammond says they're going to head on up to Oregon. Jonas is like, what about Colonel O'Neill? Sam says that he's still got a hagfish, so he's got to sit this one out. After Hammond dismisses them, (laughs) Sam goes over to Jonas and is like, you knew who Adrian Conrad was, didn't you? And he's like, well, I memorized all your mission reports. (laughs) But I don't want people to think I'm strange. (laughs) Sam's like, oh, no, they don't. Jonas is like, what about Colonel O'Neill? And Sam deflects by saying, let's go get some lunch. It was silly, and I loved it. (laughs) Later, we're apparently in Oregon. Stevesden, specifically, I guess they're trying to be incognito, but they're doing a very (laughs) bad job at being incognito because they're all dressed in black. It was, again, very reminiscent of X-Files because they were all dressed like Mulder and Scully would have been in long black coats and black pants, black gloves. Teal looking real good in a black leather duster, a black beanie, a well-fitting sweater, sunglasses, it was a really good look for Tilk yeah. in particular. Yeah. But then also Sam looked amazing and Jonas looked great <laughs> yes. too. So Sam looked good. It was a good look. So I'm not saying it was bad. It just yes. was like, all right, Tilk X-Files. was wearing <laughs> that beanie. Yeah. Also hat watch. They're having a look around. They get out of the car and just look at things. Jonas has a camera and he's just recording things <laughs> randomly for the sake of recording things. So he really is truly Daniel now. This will be the one time he has a camera, like that one time Daniel had that camera. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sam's going to go talk to the sheriff (laughs) and tells Jonas to keep an eye on Teal'c. (laughs) And then whispers to Teal'c as she walks by, keep an eye on Jonas. Once in the sheriff's office, she (laughs) talks to the deputy first who introduces her to the guy named Sheriff Knox. The deputy made me laugh only because he's supposed to go get some donuts and they offer donuts to Sam. And she's like, no thanks. But we all know, though, that she likes donuts, particularly to make analogies with. So I was surprised that she turned it down. She doesn't have any ready analogies to do. Mm, That's true. Yeah, she's here for asking questions, not answering them. So no analogies to be made. They have a chat about Dr. Fleming and the fact that they found his car smashed up outside of town. Sam wants to see the car. They don't actually get to see the car. He just hands her a file with a photo, which is not the same thing. (laughs) Sam wants to know if it's at all possible that he survived that. But Knox is kind of like, I don't really care. And you have no jurisdiction. So why are you even here? Sam says that she's aware he's got jurisdiction, but there might be some national security issues and all she's looking for is help. She's not trying to take over any investigation or anything. She asks how well Knox knew 
the guy, but Knox says that the people that work for Inatech don't really mix with the locals, so he didn't really know any of them, but that the guy's coworkers all said that he was acting strange lately, in that he was nervous and kind of agitated. He apparently had some amphetamines in his glove box when they searched his car after the accident, even though he had no history of drug use. Sam asks if she could see the lab, but conveniently, it burned down <laughs> completely just last night. That burned down fell over, then sank into the swamp. So no, no, you can't see the lab, Sam. She leaves the sheriff's office and reports to Teal'c and Jonas that the lab was destroyed. Jonas is eating a lollipop. That's important just because he eats all the time. I wish I had one. Or at least some gummy bears. But I am neither. They're going to go have a look at his house since that has not burned down yet. They get in the car to drive off and we see a mysterious, suspicious looking man who's been watching them. (gasps) To me, I thought he had a little bit of a Tom Cruise vibe going in the face. He just had brown hair. That's all I remember about him. (laughs) He's a brownish area with points. I don't know. His eyes. His eyes reminded me of Tom Cruise. And so I think that we should be calling him Tom Ruse. Okay. Tom Ruse. I love it. Thank you. All right. Tom Ruse. Not to be confused with any transporter replicates <laughs> who are all also named Tom. Yeah, this is a Tom Cruise impersonator or something. I don't <laughs> they get to the house. Sam, of course, knows how to pick locks. Of course. She doesn't deliver babies, but she picks nope. locks. Yes. It's a more useful skill, yeah, in my opinion. Absolutely. They have a look around. Tilk checks out upstairs. Sam and Jonas are just kind of like looking through. Sam went right to the computer, doesn't find anything. The computer's been totally wiped. Then Teal'c notices a van outside and a woman comes up to deliver a package to them. Sam signs for it, notes that this package apparently was sent from Richard Fleming to Richard Fleming. I like sending mail to myself. My mom used to do that when she thought she had, like, super brilliant ideas that she could patent so that she could prove that she had them first if anyone took her ideas. (laughs) Which actually does not work. I remember hearing somewhere along the way. But, yeah, a lot of people thought that. I don't think she had any ideas that could be patented. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Fair. You know what else is sometimes fun is turning people into a flea. A harmless little flea. And then you can put that flea inside of a box. What? And then you can put that box inside of another box. And then you can mail that box to yourself. And what would you do with it? When it arrives, you smash it with a hammer. What? That's brilliant. <laughs> Genius. Genius. <laughs> or to save on postage, you can just poison them. <laughs> or maybe accidentally give them extract of llama. Sam says he sent it to himself maybe because he knew the house was going to be searched. And she says it's a good way to hide things for a couple of days, but I feel like a better way would be to send it entirely somewhere else. Right? Like when you send your grail diary to your son in a different country, and then he brings it back to the country (laughs) that you were trying to get it out of. He should have sent it to the Marx Brothers. (laughs) Dr. Fleming, what were you doing? Maybe he didn't know the address for the Marx Brothers. He only knew his own address. (laughs) (laughs) Sam opens up this package and it's actually inside a enormous syringe full of something. There's the juice. It's so big. 
At least to me, I don't know. Most syringes I use are very tiny because they were to poke holes in cats, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably worth mentioning it was to give them their <laughs> insulin, right? Yeah, Is that it? Yeah. pepper's insulin. <laughs> I'm like, I knew it was a medication. I think it was insulin. Yeah. <laughs> Not just randomly, cruelly poking holes in your cat. <laughs> it was fine. She didn't mind. Yeah, those needles are very, very tiny. Probably mm-hmm. she didn't even feel it. Oh, yeah, no, because it went into that, like, the skin flap in the back. Whatever. They arrived back at the hotel. Sam tells them about the amphetamines that the cops found and the syringe that she's got. And says that, you know what, maybe he was just kind of in some sort of drug-induced paranoia. No mystery here. But Tilk points out that maybe the paranoia was well-founded because he is missing after all and his workplace was destroyed, as was all evidence, because they found nothing in the house besides that syringe, of course. I'm hearing weird music coming from somewhere. Music? I don't hear any on my end. No, it's from my house. Oh. Aren't you home alone? I am. That's why I'm confused. It sounds like the ice cream truck. Hang on. I'm really confused. I gotta go see what's happening. (laughs) Waiting on Mary. She's gone to see what that music was. Is there music at all? Or is she also in a drug-induced paranoia? I wasn't. It was the ice cream man. (laughs) I saw the truck and everything. Okay. I I did think. I was like, what the fuck? Am I really imagining things? It was so loud, too. It was very weird. This happens, Mary, when you have an amphetamine problem. Right? I Yeah, well, I, I don't. Do I have any? No, I don't have amphetamine salts anymore. <laughs> I used to, but it was a prescription. <laughs> now I take Vyvanse. All right. <laughs> anyway, apparently I live in a neighborhood where there's an ice cream truck. Ooh. And apparently it's ice cream truck season. Oh, yeah. And now they're driving by again. I should just run out and get some ice cream, but I actually already have some in the freezer. Stargate, huh? <laughs> yeah, Stargate. Are there enough kids on your street to warrant driving down it? I don't even know. There's a lot of kids around here, oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. There's three kids in the house next door, and then I see them playing with other random kids that I don't know where those other kids live, but I'm assuming it's probably around here usually. I see multiple bikes uh. outside of their house. Sam says that the scientists that were working for Adrian Conrad were trying to study the symbiote to maybe figure out how to make some sort of a super drug and maybe what is in the syringe is what they came up with. So they're going to send that off to Fraser for some testing. (laughs) Jonas is eating toast now. (laughs) It looked like it might have some peanut butter on it. It just says toast on here. I didn't even notice. He really is just eating it every scene in this, isn't he? I paused and looked because I was nice. like, what is he eating now? Well, because first he was standing upright in the other room behind Teal'c and he was, mm-hmm. it looked like he was too upright for like a counter. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> but apparently they have a high counter in there and he makes toast on it. Yeah. So, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> if this is in fact some sort of a super drug, then it's possible that people would be willing to kill to get their hands on it. So maybe Fleming was killed for that reason. Sam says that tomorrow she wants to talk to some other people at Inatech, and <laughs> she let her Canadian side slip very prominently here as she said, Tomorrow we should talk to other people who worked at Immunitech. <laughs> I noticed and just thought it was funny. And that was the end of the scene. They're going to wait until tomorrow to go and do some stuff. 
it's nighttime now in this sleepy town of Stevenston. There's one traffic light and it changes to green. This isn't important except for that I was thinking about how there was no one there. So this is on some kind of timer. It's not like sensor. It doesn't have like a sensor or anything. And that just would be annoying. It really is. (laughs) I feel like the majority of streetlights are on poor timer, like badly timed timers. Yeah, for sure. At least around here anyway. Yeah. We've got a mix of them down. I mean, most of them are in timers around here, but even the ones. Anyway, this has nothing to do with anything. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of badly timed lights, when I was leaving work today, this, of course, is another tangent that has nothing to do with anything, really. But when I was leaving work today in that town where I work, there are (laughs) many, many traffic lights. And so I was at an intersection that has another intersection, like, right after it. And the far intersection had a red light with a bunch of cars there. But my intersection still had a green light. And there was, like, just enough room for one more car to fit in the next section. So I was going through the intersection. I had already passed the light and I was in the middle of the intersection when somebody comes up, passes me, cuts me off and takes that spot that I was oh about to put God. my car in, meaning that I then ended up stuck in the middle of the intersection when the light changed because I couldn't go backward because there was already somebody stopped there at the line where you would stop. And I couldn't go forward because that person had cut me off and taken up the spot that I had planned to put my car in. So, yeah, there were a lot of angry people honking their horns at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. It was not my fault. I was not intentionally being an asshole and blocking the intersection. There was room. And then someone cut me off and took my spot. I don't understand what's going on with people's attitudes about driving. I really don't. Yeah, I felt really bad because it's really shitty to block an intersection like that. But I was already in the middle of the intersection when the person cut in front of me. Yeah. There was literally nowhere else I could go. I'm only just now thinking of the fact that I could have just gotten in the next lane and then I would have had to like turn around somewhere. But I'm only just now thinking of that. Well, that other person was too important to try that. So they needed to cut you off. Yeah. Oh, that that actually makes me crazy, too. If you're in the wrong lane and it's not safe to get over, just go the wrong way and turn around somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not even supposed to change lanes in the middle of an intersection. So for exactly for that reason, in that you don't want to be cutting somebody off and almost causing accidents or making people stuck in the middle of an intersection. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Empty street, huh? Empty street. There was also a guy that looked like Gandalf when they finally showed a close-up of a person. Yeah, they, like, zoom in on some random old guy. Yeah. Gandalf the not-quite-gray yet. Yeah. And then there are a bunch of other people gathering as well at some random building. They're here to hear this one guy who is announcing that they have three uninvited guests. I don't know who those would be. No. Who are asking a lot of questions. I hate people who ask questions. Yeah. Yeah, I know you do. I'm in the wrong line of work. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, they probably won't find anything, but if they do, we're going to have to deal with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Murder time. (laughs) Next, we're in a diner and it's daytime and Jonas is eating again, but so is everybody else. He is, but I couldn't see what Tilk was eating. No, I didn't notice what anybody else was eating, except that they're prominently focusing on Jonas dipping french fries in a chocolate milkshake, which is, in fact, delicious. Yes. Yes, indeed. And he's got, it looks like there were onion rings there. I don't know why I was so obsessed with this food, but I really was. And it looked like a burger. And then in front of the milkshake, like closer to Teal, there was a plate with four dipping cups 
on it. Yeah. So look, there was different things in each of the things. So he's trying all the dips. He also had a plate of what I think was fried chicken or something. And the only reason that I noticed that is because a little bit later in the scene, he complains about the burger that he ordered medium rare being, in fact, well done. And I was like, what burger? You were just eating fried chicken with a knife and fork. But then, yeah, you can see the table and there is actually a burger there, too. Anyway. Anyway. Jonas is really starting to enjoy the traditional American food, he says. Sam says the other tradition is also called hardened arteries which I was actually just writing about literally right before this episode because my slides were about nutrition and metabolism. Oh. Atherosclerosis, if anyone cares. I would think having harder arteries would make you stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Sure not. Damn it. Sam's complaining that nobody at Initeg wanted to talk to her, so they're really getting nowhere with their search. But Jonas says a lot of weird stuff is going on in this town, though. That Sam and Tilk apparently haven't noticed. They ask him to elaborate. He says, well, that guy behind Tilk doesn't realize that, but he put eight cubes of sugar in his coffee. Oof. And while that is disgusting, I feel like is not all of that uncommon. True. So really not that weird, Jonas. Lady over at the counter has been reading the same article for half an hour. Also not that weird because not everyone can read as fast as you can, Jonas. <laughs> The waitress has dropped the tray at least twice. That's a little bit more suspect. I mean, tray drops happen, but dropping it twice does support his argument that everyone's kind of sleepy. And then he says that the cook has gotten three orders wrong, including his hamburger, which he ordered medium rare, but is in fact well done. But most of these things are just common events that really don't mean anything. I was having trouble deciding if they were trying to actually make a point with that or if they were just pointing out that Jonas still just doesn't really understand how life on earth works because while those things are all a little weird none of them are uncommon yeah i think that based on what happens later he was trying to say things are weird here yes and i think that we're supposed to see that he was actually right yeah but the things that they mentioned weren't weird enough to really support his argument no yeah anyway (laughs) should be the title of the episode how many times do we say anyway in this episode The deputy randomly comes in and tells Sam that Sheriff Knox wants to see her. And then we get a very brief look at Tom Ruse, watching them walk to their car again. Next, Sam is in the sheriff's office. Sheriff Knox is like, I think you and your colleagues have been asking a lot of questions around town. Sam asks if that's a problem. He doesn't answer that question, but instead says that they found gasoline at the lab. And therefore, the fire was deliberate and the stakes have gotten higher. He would like to know if Sam can tell him anything. But she's like national security. But also, she didn't really get any information because no one's talking to her. Which the sheriff says he's not surprised about because they all had a confidentiality agreement and nobody wants to get sued. But I thought that, you know, murder and fires i don't know anyway yeah i i don't know that a confidentiality agreement would hold up like <laughs> against that yeah i don't like, know i think that you can still get uh summons and still be required to talk, yeah would be my guess <laughs> sam is hopeful though that now that they know it's arson maybe at least the company would be willing to help out but he's like no and then he tells her that, in fact, another person from Inatech disappeared two months ago. 
and they never found him. They said the guy's name was Peter Stouffer, and after all of the talk about food, it just made me want some Stouffer's stuffing. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Om nom nom. (laughs) Delicious. Sam wants to know why he didn't tell her about this, and he says, well, town's been through some rough times, and Inatech really saved them, brought some money in. He also says they didn't really have any solid evidence of foul play and that he just disappeared and no one's seen him since. He said he has the feeling that the company has something to hide. Sam's like, what do you mean? And he takes out some documents, which were in a folder in a box. It didn't look like there was anything else in that box, so I'm not sure why the folder was in a box. doesn't matter. Inside of another box? Yes, inside another box. Maybe they'd mailed it to themselves. Yeah. Stouffer worked with Dr. Fleming. What? Sam looks at the papers and they're very heavily redacted. And she tells the sheriff she's going to need to borrow them. He's like, cool. Yes, you can do that. (laughs) Later in the hotel room, they are looking through the paperwork. There was a shipping invoice. Everything on it had to do with stem cell research. Are you sure there wasn't a TPS report in there? (laughs) That's the problem. There was no cover sheet on the TPS report, Kathy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) We're using cover sheets on the TPS reports these days. There's no record of Inatech doing research in the area of stem cells. Tilk wants to know why they would try to keep that a secret. And Sam mentions some of the things that stem cells can be used for, like growing replacement organs and grafts and whatnot and theoretically creating human clones, which they do rightfully point out is illegal. They figure maybe Fleming was acting as a whistleblower to some sort of illegal research that might have been going on and was silenced as a result. Jonas wants to know why Fleming would call Sam specifically, though, if this scenario were true. Sam Figures it must have had something to do with Adrian Conrad, and Fleming must have known about her ties, all their ties to him. And so they're going to just keep going through the paperwork. Woo. Yeah. Thrilling. But first, Teal'c and Jonas are going to go for a little visit to the local <laughs> watering hole called Krusty Bill's. Yep. Jonas observes the town does get very quiet at night. They hid in. As is common in movie and TV show depictions, when you walk into a bar as a stranger in a small town, everyone stops and looks at them. Jonas says, evening. Yeah, yeah. Teal'c and Jonas go to sit at a table, and a bartender comes up and is like, what can I get ya? And they order a couple of ginger ales. I particularly loved how pleased Teal'c looked at the thought of a nice big glass of ginger ale. He just looked so happy to be ordering some ginger ale. It is delicious. Ginger ale is delicious, but it also made me happy how yeah. happy Teal Cliff. <laughs> also, it's ridiculous that like this big burly guy and also Jonas, who's not so burly, but is also like pretty big. They're at a bar having ginger ales. It's adorable. It is, but yeah. apparently not to anybody in this bar. No. Teal says, it does not appear we are welcome here. Jonas is like, it's natural for small town people to be suspicious of strangers. We have to give it some effort. So he looks over at these three guys who were sitting at the bar and clearly didn't like them. And is like, 
hey guys and they just stare at him i liked how friendly he sounded when he was greeting them yeah. he's like it's normal yeah <laughs> no no it's not not normal to talk to people no. well i mean that's the connecticut perspective yeah. i guess in other places it is <laughs> hello small dog who's barking a lot yeah <laughs> is the she door is open since uh, jeff's not here so that means she can wander in and out puppy Or maybe she can bark closer to the microphone. Yeah. You want to bark into the microphone? She doesn't bark on command. Ah, of course she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't do much of anything on command. She, <laughs> she does what she wants when she wants. We did not train her well. <laughs> she makes up for it by being very cute. She is awfully cute. Yeah. Teal tells Jonas after these guys do not give him a warm greeting in return that he has much to learn about humans. And... Jonas is like, well, how are we supposed to fit in when we are stuck on base all the time? A valid question. Tilk, though, believes he has sufficient understanding of Earth culture. He also tells Jonas that this isn't his home. Once he's done with his mission here, he's going to go home and spend time with his son. And Jonas is like, well, I can't go home, so... Because uh, I'm trying to fit in. I don't know. <laughs> then... The guys at the bar who don't like them clearly walk over and tell them you're in our seats. <laughs> Teal'c's like there are plenty of seats. Not to mention they were already sitting at the yeah. bar a minute ago. <laughs> but the guy's like, yeah, but these are ours. <laughs> Before anything further can happen, the sheriff comes in, asks if there's any kind of problem. Jonas is like, nope, we were just in their seats. So they're gonna get going. Teal'c and Jonas leave and the sheriff turns to look at the angry men and is like what was that? And the guy goes, they're not fit to be in our presence. And then the sheriff warns them don't jeopardize this operation or I'll kill you. <laughs> I liked how as Jonas and Teal'c were leaving, Teal'c gave the guy a polite bow despite he what did. a douche the guy was being. <laughs> Teal'c's a class act. We're back in the diner again, and it is daytime again. Before we get into the diner, do you oh, see yes. who leaves the diner at the beginning with a finger no. in his mouth picking his teeth? Oh, I did not notice. That was director Peter DeLuise. Oh. I was like, I know him. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah. I looked him up, and then I was like, oh, yeah. I totally yeah. missed that. Yeah. That's funny. I like it. Mm -hmm. Sam got the results back from the testing of the stuff in the syringe. It's a sulfa-based antibiotic. So keep that away from me, because I'm allergic to those. Oh. Uh, not any kind no. of miracle drug, just seems to be run-of-the-mill antibiotic, unless you're allergic to sulfa. Sorry. The dog is, of course, now, like, walking around on my lap and pulling on my headphone cable. And now she's gone. Okay. They're going to do some additional tests on it, but it is likely not any kind of miracle drug like they thought that it might be. The asshole guy from the bar is sitting there at the counter. Jonas points him out. <laughs> they call hello to him politely. <laughs> Jonas is going over there being all friendly and nice. Sorry about last night. It was really just a misunderstanding. I was like, what the hell are you doing, Jonas? That guy definitely does not deserve you being this polite to him. No. <laughs> Jonas is exceedingly nice. Yes. The guy, though, has absolutely no idea what Jonas is talking about. He says he wasn't even at the bar last night. He was home sleeping with his wife. 
uh, asleep where his wife had an alibi, not necessarily sleeping with his wife at the time. <laughs> In that sense. That would be a little TMI for this guy to tell a random person. <laughs> yeah, very true. Also, the fact that the guy was asleep does play a crucial role later. So Fair. That's Worth true. clarifying. <laughs> uh, I guess he doesn't even mention that he was with his wife, but they say his wife was there later to corroborate oh, his story. Yeah. And so, yeah. The guy from the bar is like, nope, not me. Go away, basically. <laughs> Even though Jonas is very sure it is, in fact, the same guy. They leave the diner after this little exchange. Jonas is like, that was weird. He didn't remember us. Teal thought maybe he was really drunk. But Jonas <laughs> is like, well, he didn't seem hungover. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's true. I have definitely at times been very, very drunk. And then a day after it felt pretty okay yeah depends yeah. for sure on how much you've had and also like what type you've had yeah like people have better tolerances for yeah some types of alcohol than others me can't drink vodka will yeah. feel terrible will want to die the next day <laughs> beer well, usually well. fine wine i'll have a headache but usually mostly okay yeah so they're just talking about that teal points out though that they are being watched and points out a silver car the other two peek over to see there's a guy on the car, not in it or anything, just kind of pretending he's not watching them or is watching them. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, he's looking away. I think he's trying yeah. to pretend to be aloof. Jonas recognizes him from outside the sheriff's office and the restaurant because his memory is ridiculous. <laughs> Wish I had that good of a memory. My memory sucks. Yeah. So the three of them wordlessly decide to catch this guy. He takes the bait. He tries to follow. But there's Teal'c. <laughs> he pops out from behind a bush or a fence. Peekaboo. And like grabs him. You just grab that, that brownish area by its points and you don't let go no matter what your mom says. It is in fact Tom Ruse. <laughs> he tells him to take it easy and tries to deny that he was following them. But Sam threatens him with Teal'c. So he's like, oh yeah, okay, it was. I was doing that. Sure, sure. I just wasn't sure I could trust you. He says that he was a security guard at Inatech, and he takes out his badge to show him, like, that's proof of things. Did you notice his photo looks like he's, it's like a mugshot or something? He's glaring in his work ID. Well, given how my work ID looks... I feel like that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smiling in mine, although I don't really think it's a good picture. But They didn't tell me when they were taking the photo, and I had spent the day shifting books in the stacks, and I was hot and disgusting. Oh, no. And it is the same photo I've had for the entire time I've worked there. Even when oh, I get a no. new ID, they don't let you take a new photo. That's so, weird and annoying. Especially at work, there's a bunch of people who are in like their 50s who still have the same picture from when they were in their 20s. That's and very weird. I'm like, th what good is this? They don't right. look like their picture anymore. It's kind of stupid. But anyway. Quite. That's weird. Tom Ruse tells them he thinks Fleming was murdered. Fleming went to him a week before he disappeared to see if Tom Ruse could get him a gun. <laughs> and that he was the only one who could help. Help me. Tom Ruse. You're my only hope. Tom Ruse says the reason for that was that Dr. Fleming said 
the people who are after him only come out at night when everyone's asleep. <gasps> and since he worked the graveyard shift and slept during the day, he was safe. It doesn't make any sense. No. Tom Ruse also th- thought it didn't make any sense, but then yeah. Dr. Fleming went missing. <laughs> I know that's not what you meant, but... Like, <laughs> yeah. He apparently quit his job, but it doesn't matter anyway because their work burned down. Sam wants to know why he didn't tell the sheriff, and he said that Dr. Fleming told him no one could be trusted. But he owed Dr. Fleming because he would have died in the fire if it hadn't been for him. So I guess he quit before the fire, a week before I the guess? fire. I guess, yeah. How does he but, know he wouldn't have gotten out in time? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Weird. <laughs> yeah. We're back at the hotel again, talking about the fact that they only come out at night. Sam doesn't know what that means. Vampires. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mulder would have been all over that one. Right? For sure. Scully would have been very skeptical with her background in hard science. Indeed. <laughs> Jonas says, maybe it had something to do with the bar. Teal'c says, indeed. <laughs> they tell Sam about their experience at the bar, even despite the fact that they were talking to that guy at the diner. They hadn't yet told her about what happened. Sam then asks if they're sure it was the same person. They confirm that it was the same person at the bar and at the diner. Jonas asks Sam again about the evidence that she has that they were working on cloning. And she says, no, there wasn't evidence on cloning. They're just looking on stem cells, which could potentially be used for cloning. So maybe the guy at the bar was a clone and not the same guy. But Sam, of course, points out that you can't clone a fully grown person. If you did create a clone, you would have an infant of the person that you cloned. Do you think it's that way for um, the Asgard too? I would they think have to, like, so. Grow their clones. Like, what if there's a disaster? Assuming it works the si- yeah, assuming it works the same way that it works here, then yes, it would okay. be the same. But I don't know how their alien tech works. <laughs> what, Mary? I, I thought you were an expert on Asgard technology. I know. I'm sorry. Maybe they have some way of rapidly aging people, like the Borgs can rapidly age baby Borgs and then slow the aging down once the Borg gets to an adult. I think in Star Wars, they had a way of artificially aging their clones as well. Not that that matters, but... I guess you technically could artificially age a thing or a person. It seems like it would be crazy difficult (laughs) trying to think of all the things that you'd have to do to make that happen and (laughs) all the energy requirements that that (laughs) being would have anyway 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 (laughs) they come back to the fact that all the people in town are behaving strangely even for humans still ads (laughs) (laughs) which is very funny sam points out the town's been through a lot because the shipyard was shut down have we heard of that before? I don't remember. I don't think we... The sheriff might have mentioned it. Oh, okay. Our town is full of woes and we're really grateful for Inatech uh, uh, okay. speech. Then they talk about the lab burning down. Okay, but I set the building on fire. So there is no more Inatech and the entire future of the town is in jeopardy. And suddenly Jonas gets a eureka look on his face as he's not eating, but dipping a tea bag and some tea. <laughs> Sam asks what? He doesn't answer, but we get the answer in the next scene. They're outside looking at tire tracks in the snow. Apparently he noticed these from the road the other day. Yeah, of course. 
But I didn't think much of them at the time. But thought enough of them to remember it? Yeah. It seems like he has a pretty complete memory. Yeah. He's one of those super memory people. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. The people that like literally remember everything from their entire life. Like eidetic memory? Eidetic memory is when you have a photographic memory. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm going to do a quick search. Hang on. Hyperthymesia. Oh. Or thymesia. All right. Is when somebody has what's known as a highly superior autobiographical memory, H-S-A-M. All right. Thank you. Which actually can be a curse from what I hear. It can be a blessing and a curse because like you remember all the good stuff, but you remember all the bad stuff equally as vividly and detailed. So mixed blessing. In my case, I feel like I focus on the bad stuff. So maybe it'd be better to be able to remember more good things. (laughs) That is an unfortunate common trait of the human brain that it focuses on the bad stuff and not the good stuff it's thought to have had some evolutionary advantage but well, now it, it just fucks well with documented my life. that all people have that tendency well it's garbage and i hate yeah. it agree because i do the same i don't want to be like toxically positive but come on i hate those people yeah <laughs> No one should be happy all the time. No. If I can't be, then no one should be. <laughs> Misery for all. Yes. Speaking of which, I was talking to one of my students the other day because she's like, I wasn't happy that you were sick, but I was really sick. So I was happy to hear that someone else was sick with me when you were homesick. I'm like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Misery does love company. Indeed. <laughs> Tilk notices there are many footprints in the snow along with the tire tracks. Oh, they're not outside the hotel. They went to the shipyard, I guess. Yeah, they're outside the shipyard. (laughs) They head on over to the shipyard. Sam picks the lock again. Jonas says she's got to teach him how to do that. Like he'd need more than 10 seconds. Right. They go inside. They start snooping around. Sam finds some CD-ROMs. And says someone's been busy, which I'm not really sure. Maybe they really hyper-organized that CD case. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) Tilk finds some blueprints. And Sam's like, but what is it for? Jonas is peeking out from the office to a different part of the building. And he's like, I've got a good idea. So he opens the door. And we see there is an unfinished spaceship in that room. At the hotel again. Sam is on the phone with Hammond, just giving him an update about the big-ass spaceship that they just found. (laughs) Hammond is not going to call in the troops just yet because he wants them to do a little bit more researching and attempting to be covert, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Unsuccessfully. Hammond wants more information on who built the thing and why before he sends anybody in. All of the discs that they got are encoded. Jonas isn't able to read any of them, so Sam's going to have a try. Apparently, she's decent at hacking. (laughs) They talk about the fact that Conrad got his symbiote illegally from Mayborn, so maybe they also acquired this alien technology the same way. But Sam says that it's not like anything that the Russians or the NID ever had, so she's not convinced that that is the case. So maybe there's a new alien presence in this town all its own. They have no idea how that could have gotten there, though, because it obviously didn't come through the gate. Maybe it came by ship instead, and maybe their original one broke or malfunctioned, and so now they've got to build a new one because the first one isn't working. 
they figure that everybody must be working on the ship at night, which is why they only come out at night. Under cover of darkness. Sam's pretty sure she can, in fact, break the code on those discs, she says. So she's going to take some time to work on that. A little later, Tilk yeah. and Jonas are in the car outside the shipyard, just keeping an eye on things, waiting for people to come work on this. Sam radios to them and asks if there's any activity. He says no, asks about her code breaking, and she says it's going slowly. Elsewhere, the traffic light turns again. <laughs> Indeed. Oh. Ominously. <laughs> the sheriff is going to bed. He closes his eyes, and I'm so jealous of how fast he falls asleep. Right? <laughs> me too. It takes me forever. Yeah. I've been making a conscious effort to try to get to bed earlier and get more sleep, and I go to bed earlier, and then, of course, I don't get to sleep any earlier. Yeah. But this sheriff just takes a few seconds, closes his eyes, and then <gasps> his eyes are open again. He gets out of bed and uh, heads on out. I guess he gets dressed, but... <laughs> if they're getting so little sleep that as soon as they fall asleep, they're waking back up and heading out in their trance, how are they all not dead now from lack of sleep? Lack of sleep actually can kill you. I think I knew that. Yeah. Have you ever heard of fatal familial insomnia? No. It is the disease that kills you from lack of sleep. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's creepy, and it's called familial because it's a dominant trait, so... If somebody has it, they will for sure pass it on to any offspring that they have. Yikes. And yeah, it's creepy and scary because it kills people within like six months or a couple of years or So is it something, something that they would have as children or is it develop later It in develops life? later. Ugh. So they get to be old enough that they can actually have kids and not necessarily know they have it. Like if they didn't know their parents or something yeah. or they decided to have kids anyway, despite carrying this gene that, like I said, is dominant, which means that any offspring that they have will have it even if the other parent doesn't have the gene any kids they have will have the genes would something like sleeping aids help them at all or is it really no. just like they're screwed wow. there is no treatment that's horrible which makes it that much scarier yeah i guess maybe sleeping aids would help prolong the issue maybe but they're not going to get like a good real sound right sleep. and then eventually like your internal organs shut down neat yeah you're welcome Thank you. For that knowledge. That's mm -hmm. a little bit nightmarish, and I will for it sure is. be dreaming about it tonight. No, oh, good. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> Thanks. Mm -hmm. So the sheriff's away, like, and he gets up and goes somewhere. He does. The shipyard? No, the shipyard is where Jonas and Tilk still are. They notice that something's happening. In the hotel room, Sam is still samming away at the computer, and she manages to unlock the information and it's just full of hieroglyphs it made absolutely no sense to me why they would have all of this information written in the form of hieroglyphs but okay <laughs> sam calls to tilk and jonas they tell her that they've got some townspeople coming in sam very alarmed tells them they're all gold <laughs> because, of course, hieroglyphics means Gua'uld. Indeed. Again, I don't know why the Gua'uld still would be using hieroglyphics on... Like, you can't even type on a computer in hieroglyphics. No. So, it makes no sense. Anyway, it's Gua'uld. Get out of there, is the moral of that story. <laughs> Sam elaborates a bit that Fleming and Stouffer were doing cloning research, but they weren't cloning <laughs> humans. They were cloning symbiotes. 
they have no Naquita in their blood, though, somehow for reasons. So that's why nobody was able to sense the presence of the clones. Yeah. I don't yeah. really understand why that would be the case. I mean, I guess there was no Naquita to put in them, but then why do they have Naquita in their blood to begin with? Yeah, I was it trying to no remember sense. if that was something that we had read about, and then I was going to look it up, and then I forgot because, as usual, I'm the worst. Are they just around so much Naquita that it naturally leaches into their body somewhere? Maybe. I guess. Sam asks them to come back, and they're going to do that, except that... The deputy comes up, pointing a gun at them, tells them to leave their weapons on the dashboard and to get out of the car. So they do. Then they make them get in a van, and they do that too. Good idea. Yeah. Sam has her own problems. (laughs) There are cars headed to the motel. They are very obvious and not stealthy at all. I guess they don't need to be. All of the cars with their lights on are pointed at her room. Yeah, a little, little strange, a <laughs> little creepy. She goes and grabs her gun. Somebody is banging on the door. Then she apparently has an idea to grab the syringe instead. Who is she going to stab? We don't know. <laughs> In the van with Jonas and Tilk, the deputy's just taken them back to the motel. As long as they're out of town by daybreak, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. The deputy is not just any deputy, but he is, in fact, an agent from NID. As is the other guy that has also abducted them. Of course, that means the NID knew everything about what's happening here. And they were just going to keep letting it happen, basically because they want that spaceship that's being built. So they're biding their time until the spaceship is built before they bother to do anything about all these guaul that are everywhere. We learn that because those are clones, as they pointed out before, a clone starts off as an infant and then grows. So these are actually infant symbiotes, which means that any damage that is happening as a result of these people not getting enough sleep, probably not getting repaired by the symbiote. But that's also why the people are only active at night, because the symbiotes are only strong enough to take control when the people are asleep. Where is Daniel to do a genocide when we need him? Right out in the ether somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Being an ascended. (laughs) Stupid Daniel. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One of these NID guys says that as a result of this whole scenario the hosts go to sleep the symbiotes take over the people wake up the next morning and they're a little tired but none the wiser again that makes no sense because their bodies are fully active all night and that is the problem there that their bodies are active and not actually getting rest (laughs) but whatever Fleming was on amphetamines because of that tilk asks what's going to happen to all the townspeople after the ship is built and the nid is like ah it's fine well they'll take care of it mass murder Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Tilk threatens to report what's going on to Stargate Command, and the NID guy's like, doesn't matter. We're not rogue. We're supposed to be here. And, and just, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And just like when Sam is hyper confident in things, she has no business being hyper confident in. <laughs> this NID guy is like, we've got all the angles covered. <laughs> okay. Yep. What could possibly yep. go wrong? <laughs> Well, we find out a thing that can go wrong is that Sam has been taken to the sheriff's office and she is tied to a chair. Mm-hmm. The sheriff knocks her out with something, chloroform or something. 
there are a bunch of people there with the sheriff. He nods at a woman to go to a cooler that reads organ transplant. Good cover, guys. (laughs) She grabs some tongs and takes out a baby hagfish from the cooler and implants it in Sam. Then Sam's eyes flash. (gasps) Times. Good times. Yes, indeed. Good times. Back at the hotel, the van arrives. And when Tilk and Jonas get out, they notice that the door to the room is wide open. Sam is missing. They figure that they took her. And we get a quick glimpse of the empty syringe lying under one of the beds. Outside of the hotel, they tell the NID guys that they need to do something because they've got a missing person. But the NID guy, his name is Cross. Cross says that they have a containment team on standby and they can lock down the whole town if they need to. Tilk says, well, then do so. Jonas points out rightfully that their operation's kind of blown at this point. I guess it's not really, though, because they've still got Jonas and Tilk here, so I guess they could just hold on to Jonas and Tilk, but apparently that is enough to convince Cross that he needs to call in for a lockdown of the town and then complain that they just lost 500 years of technical advancement. One of the other NID guys says that it can get even worse than that, and they notice that there's a townsperson there with a zat gun who zats them. Oops. Whoops. Jonas and Teal'c have joined Sam in the sheriff's office. Sam is no longer tied up. She's just standing and looking at Jonas, who is coming out of his conveniently timed zat coma, whatever. <laughs> He asks Sam if she's okay and what's going on. And Sam slaps him and tells him he can only speak when spoken to. They implant another symbiote conveniently into Cross the NID guy and not into Tilk or Jonas. They can't implant one in Tilk, though. I mean, Sam knows they can't, but... Well, it's true. They I don't, don't know that they know that yeah. Tilk is a Jaffa. Cross flashes his eyes and the sheriff welcomes him. And he tells the NID that when his contaminant team gets there, he and the other NID guy are going to take the symbiotes and uh, infect all of NID headquarters. In the meantime... that sucks. Yeah. The sheriff says the rest of them are going to be detained, but within days, they think they'll be in control of the NID. Jonas calls this plan ambitious. Coconut also finds it very ambitious. Right. She's like, I'm the only one who can have ambition. Yeah. Her ambition is to go and eat the faces off all of the neighbor dogs that walk by. (laughs) Sam threatens to slap Jonas again with a look. But he's like, no, sorry. The sheriff explains that they had only wanted to get off the planet. But once they realized the NID was spying on them, they came up with a new plan, apparently to dominate the whole world. Cross... NID guy gets up and takes some coolers to go infect the NID. Sam says, hold on. Major Carter was writing a report on her computer, so you should probably get rid of that first. Which the sheriff agrees with. So he leaves to go destroy a computer and infect the NID. Another person asks if they should use Jonas Quinn and Teal'c as hosts. Sam says no and shows that he is a Jaffa, which they already know he's a Shilva. That one particular guy, for whatever reason, whenever he talks, it sounds like his lines were dubbed and it was weird and distracting. Interesting. I did not notice that. Mm. 
I was wondering if maybe he just had a resting dubbed voice, though. Not to be confused with resting dubstep voice. <laughs> Tilk, never wasting a moment, says Apophis, the false god is dead. Can't give up the opportunity to talk about that. Nope. But also, I was wondering why he specifically chose to only mention Apophis when they've killed so, so many, many different system lords <laughs> at this point. And they have no indication that these hagfish have anything to do with Apophis. Yeah, who knows? In any way. <laughs> Tilk just repeats that self to him very often just to keep himself motivated. <laughs> it's entirely possible. The sheriff wants to know, maybe we should implant Jonas Quinn then? And Sam's like, no, he's an alien. They don't really trust him anyway. Jonas is sort of like, what? You don't trust me? (laughs) Like, (laughs) do you not know what's going on, Jonas Quinn? (laughs) Sam says then that we'll have to kill them. And she picks up a Zat and looks like she might shoot them both with it. Mm. Out on the street, a bunch of army trucks are getting there. There's some helicopters coming in as well. Some people burst into the sheriff's office, weapons drawn. Tilk and Jonas are still in there. Seemingly awake and okay. Yeah. Sam's gone. Back out on the road, Cross is talking to a guy named Sergeant Rieger. And the perimeter is in place. They're going to start rounding up the citizens. A police car comes up. And they don't know if they can trust this person or not, but it's Sam. Sam gets out of the car, introduces herself, and says she's got some important information for Agent Cross. Cross wants to know what she's doing there because she was supposed to be detained with some other people. But Sam, acting as hagfish, says Major Carter's more valuable to you if she hasn't been exposed. I guess meaning her current status as a hagfish hasn't been exposed. (laughs) But Cross is like, that's not the plan. But maybe that should be the plan, because now she can infiltrate Stargate Command for them. As they're debating what they should do, though, Sam zats them and tells them, as they're unconscious on the ground, that they're not nearly as smart as they think they are. It's because they're just dumb babies. Right? (laughs) This concludes our time in Oregon. Because next we're back in the SGC with SG Three Quarters and Hammond in the briefing room. Sam is saying that she figured out what was going on. She had read enough of the gold hieroglyphs to know that Inatech had engineered the symbiotes with a kill switch, which was a susceptibility to these sulfa antibiotics. Yes. Which means it would really suck for me because if I got one of these hagfish, I couldn't take that antibiotic and I'd be screwed. Womp womp. Since she had had enough time to figure that out when they came for her in the hotel room, she was like, I know that this is an antibiotic, so I'm just going to inject myself with it. When they implanted her with the hagfish, it died within a few minutes, and then she just pretended. Hammond fortunately says that they had similar results with the townspeople, which means they did not have to commit any mass murder like the NID probably would have. Because they just wanted a ship. They probably didn't know. I don't know. Did they know any of this science stuff? Who the hell knows? Maybe they knew. Maybe they weren't going to genocide. I don't know. These dead symbiotes are just going to break down and be absorbed by the host body. They're going to have no recollection of anything that happened because they were all asleep and are being told they're inoculated against an outbreak of meningitis. 
We all know that that plan would not work because <laughs> even though meningitis is deadly, we all know that there's no way that you're going to inoculate the entire town without some assholes being like, oh, not in my body. My immune system will fight it off. Maybe they just wait for them to go to sleep and then do it to the hagfish <laughs> side of them, who would also be bitchy about it, but, you know, True. it's a hagfish. Right. Although they'd probably be mad afterwards and try to sue the government for uh, injecting them with stuff. Very true. Sam says that the ship they were building has been transferred to Area 51. Even though it was not finished, they might still be able to get something useful out of it. They've got all the schematics and everything from the shipyard. So I would think someone would be able to figure out, especially now that they've got the notes. Yeah. Someone should be able to figure out how to finish it. I would think so. So Hammond's cool with all this. He dismisses them all. Sam and Jonas stay behind again. And Jonas is like, so, you you slapped me really hard. Did you see, find that was necessary? And she's like, I had to make it look good. And then she deflects again and says, time for lunch. So it was a good callback. It was. It was and silly. also funny. Yes. <laughs> Kathy, did you like this episode? I really did like this episode. <laughs> Obviously, I really love the X-Files, so this kind of format of, like, yeah. mystery town thing where everything's crazy and aliens have taken over is all very uh, good for me. I enjoyed watching Jonas Quinn eat all the things. I really liked Sam pretending to be evil Sam. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I just thought it was very enjoyable. Teal'c and Jonas were very entertaining through the whole thing. I thought the plot was fun. I don't really understand how the NID thought this was a good idea to just let this go. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that they would uh, decide that they had everything under control, given everything they know about hagfish. And that seems a little right? nuts to me. Yeah. Especially because, like, the longer they're waiting, the more mature these hagfish are getting and the more powerful they're going to get. Yeah. But I guess, you know, it went awry. But it's okay because SG Three Quarters was there to save the day. I also, why were they cloning symbiotes? Was this really like we're going to cure all diseases by inject- implanting everybody with symbiotes and then killing them? And also, yeah. what's the morality of that? I don't think that would fly with everyone. <laughs> Definitely not. I, yeah, I don't know. I was wondering if they were just cloning them for this purpose, like this purpose of building this ship. Mm-hmm. I guess we would need to know more about like where they got the plans for yeah the ship and did they already have those plans for the ship and then decide they were going to make a bunch of clones to build the ship for them or was there some other reason that they made those clones like you said like curing diseases or whatever yeah because maybe it's like they were like oh we'll cure diseases but then they cloned one and then somehow one infected somebody and then it just spirals out of control from there I would think that if you've got the technology to clone the hagfish, you should also have the technology to either make them forget their genetic memory or make them less evil or something. Unless you're too dumb to realize how evil they are. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. There are I questions. Guess that's also possible. There are many questions. Yeah. But I found it enjoyable regardless. Yeah. How about you? I did also. Yeah, I really liked this episode a lot. It was very funny. It was very entertaining overall. Exactly like we've already been saying, this was just essentially an x-files episode with different main characters and i love the x-files so i enjoyed this episode a lot i don't have much to add beyond the things that you have already said or that we have discussed (laughs) so okay then what's next let's see the abyss right yes 
episode six of season six, Igold Lord holds O'Neill captive and tortures him for information about the Tok'ra. Things have gone very badly for Jack suddenly. As O'Neill suffers, Daniel Jackson appears and offers support. Oh, good. (laughs) Meanwhile, SG-1 races to rescue O'Neill before it's too late. So not a long hiatus for Daniel Jackson. (laughs) I guess not. Is he bored already? (laughs) And I randomly found this website that has some, they're not quite on par with Netflix, but still some pretty short, entertaining descriptions of the episode. So I'm just pulling that up here. I'm going to start using that instead of IMDB, which in the last one gave away a little too much that I then ended up cutting out. (laughs) When we were editing. Uh, I meant to pull this up before. And then I forgot. Shmeh. Do, 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 season six. Do, 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 do. Baby hagfish. Baby hagfish. <laughs> season six. The Abyss. O'Neill is captured and tortured by the Gua'uld and must rely on an old friend to survive. Oh. <laughs> an old friend. An old friend. Who could that be that I- we have just read as Daniel Jackson? I don't know. Kowalski! <laughs> now that would be a surprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. We would appreciate it if you left us a review too at your podcast place of choice that lets you do reviews. Because <laughs> sometimes they don't. Like, Oh really? Don't, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't used to many. I think Apple Podcasts is the main one that allows it, yeah. but I think other ones do too, but not the one I listen on. Anyway, oh. please subscribe. If you do like us already and would like to help us out, you can always visit us at patreon.com slash stargatesing. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, stargatesing.space, where you can do so with written word or through your voice you can also follow us on instagram at stargazing or at mastodon.world it's a, i think it's at stargazing yeah at stargazing at mastodon.world mastodon. yeah i'm kathy i'm mary and you have been listening to stargazing the end the end